<laughs> yeah, man. That just frame fucking tight, man. Hey, thanks for coming on the podcast, Neil. Um, yeah, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah. Just um, just took a fat L on grand finals, but <laughs> I'm doing all right. <laughs> oh, bro. Oh, boy. Yeah. No, that was a really tight seat you had against Welser, um, and that just framed just to clutch it out of nowhere. Yeah, it was good. I, <laughs> I hardly ever beat Welser on anything, so I was happy with that at least. But definitely, grand finals, man. I I could have done better. Yeah. I just, you know, I kind of I always talk about like, you know, I talk to myself about um, bleeding in neutral too much. Yeah, and just just bleeding pokes and not having not having crisp movement and kind of how that how that affects um how that affects my play you know and it's like i really have to will myself to to slow down and and just kind of like you know i i when i got when i got the golden lever that what i got inscribed on it was it says just move and block and move and block and move and block like all the way around yeah but I've played with it so much, it's rubbed off. <laughs> yeah, and you play Horang yeah, too, which I, like, I, I don't yeah. Know, I don't that sometimes. <laughs> well, <laughs> for those who are listening, uh, first-timers and stuff, give us the brief rundown as to who you are. Oh, my name's Neil. Um, I used to, in the very beginning when I when I started playing Tekken, or when I first joined the Tekken Saibatsu forums, I should say, I went by the tag... I mash because I don't know. I don't know what, what the history of that was. I was trying to think of something clever. And um, I don't know, a play on words with the, I think the iPod had just come out. And I was like, oh yeah, this will be funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I was I mash on the forums for ages. And then I was like, no, nah, fuck that. I just want to use my own name because I, you know, I know everybody in person from yeah. the arcade. Yeah. And all of that, and you know, when I meet people, I'd rather they know my real name rather than saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the tag. Um, yeah, oh, fair enough, man. Um, so maybe it's something with getting old too. Oh god, don't, don't say that, man. Don't want to fuck around with gamer tags anymore. Yeah, no, I understand. So, um, yeah, like when I, I've, I've known you for. For quite a long time um i think we first yeah. met like at uh times when you were working there but um we we're actually students yeah. at unitech um so yeah tell it's us right. about tell us right. about your beginnings like you know that whole pathway you know oh man in, in terms of in terms of Tekken, well actually even even earlier than that i i moved over from the us when i was like nine years old and when i lived in the states I used to live in this um, apartment complex in, in Colorado, Boulder, and um, they had like a like a pool for the complex. And so when it was hot, summertime, you'd go out, have a swim in the pool. And I remember one time I met this dude, and he was talking about the new Street Fighter game, which I think was probably Street Fighter Two Turbo would have been the one. Wow. Street Fighter Two Turbo, and um, and he's like, oh, you want to come come over to my place and play it? And he would have been, I don't know, I was probably like eight or something, and he would have been like eleven, 
And so I went, went round and played it. And then he was like, man, we're having a tournament for this game. And I was like, fuck, this is awesome. And, it, you know, it was just like, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I was just, I literally picked Blanco because he was a green, green monster. And I was like, man, he looks pretty badass. So, and I mashed the electricity. And then, so, um, yeah, I ended up going around and they'd host these tournaments and, and they did it like every so often. And they would do Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat had just come out as well. Mortal Kombat 1. Um, and so like, so like, yeah, I used to go around and play in tournaments when I was like eight years old. I got, <laughs> I got bodied every time. And, and, you know, it was funny, man. The scene back then was funny. It was like, they all called Guile Gully. Yeah, Gully. <laughs> I didn't know how to say Guile. Gil, yeah. <laughs> Gully and Ryu. <laughs> Yeah. No, so anyway, and then I moved to New Zealand and um, uh, I lived in a little town called Lincoln, which is about maybe a half hour out of Christchurch, like Christchurch proper. And um, yeah, it didn't, I didn't play much for a while. Like, I think, I think the, and then the Tekken, sorry, the fish and chip shop, there's like, at the time, there were like two shops in Lincoln. It was like a fish and chip shop and a Chinese takeaway, and then there was a dairy and a hardware store and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So typical setting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was like real. It was like real small town. And then um, they had a Tekken One machine at um, the fish and chip shop. It was like twenty cents a can. And so me and my mates would go and play that after school, get like a, a dollar or just some spare change and. Just jam that a little bit. And I was trash. I wanted to play, you know, I wanted to play King because I was like, he's got a, you know, I didn't, I, I, when I first saw him, I thought he was a, um, like some half man, half, half Jaguar hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, this guy's going to be sick. <laughs> Just, I was, I was all about the supernatural and the inhuman characters and yeah. all of this stuff. And, um, yeah, so I played Tekken one. That was like my first, first ever run in with Tekken and then some of my mates were like um oh you should come come to this martial arts class the, the instructor can do like can do like Tekken moves in real life and I was like holy shit and I would have been like 11 or something I was like man this is sick so yeah so I started martial arts at the same time and that was kind of like um I don't know what what sort of got me that that was quite a big influence in yeah. terms of like Tekken later I think because yeah. I just when I yeah. first started like because I didn't really play Tekken two I don't think I had a I didn't play Tekken two it took me it, it, I I didn't get a PS one console for ages um and I just wanted I just wanted to play characters with like cool moves cool looking like realistic moves yeah you know what I mean I was yeah. like. Yo, the the um anything anything that was like possible in real life but technical and and crazy, you know, like um so so yeah, so that's kind of where I gravitated towards Borang. Yeah. I guess. Was it the companion No, sorry man. There you go. Oh no, and I was also gonna say like his ten strength combo. I think 'cause when you I think when you first started out with Tekken in those days it was like 
was so much just about the 10 strings. It's like whoever's got, you know, you try and do them all and you're like, oh yeah, who can, who's one does the most damage? And I was like, oh, this guy, Taekwondo. Mm. You know, yeah. and it's like, and then you realize later that it's not all guaranteed. And it's just, <laughs> but yeah, I, could, I should say, I should say also like some of my mates from school, we would play, we would have little tournaments as well before it would have been before Tekken 3 came out on PlayStation. We played Tekken 2. We'd go to, because the if Lincoln was a university town, we'd go to, um, uh, over the uni holidays, we'd play bike tag, chase each other around on bikes and shit. <laughs> and all, all, through, all through the uni. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so afterwards, afterwards, we'd go play Tekken 2. Hey, just a question. Was the martial arts your martial arts you know was that because of the competitiveness um like what because a lot of us have that kind of tired martial arts i think i was just interested in it it wasn't it was it was um a style of kung fu that's they're still around in christchurch chan's martial arts i thought they were they were great um and i i did that for a long 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 time and got really good at it my brother and i both but um yeah, the competitive side of martial arts didn't sort of happen until later, I think. I think at the time, I just wanted to try and do cool moves and <laughs> fucking, you know. Just fuck shit up. <laughs> you know, big jumping kicks and, and do stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and then so I learned, learned stuff with martial arts, and then my, my brother and I would just, like, spar in the backyard and just do, like, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, uh, you know, a little shout out to your brother as well, Glenn. Um, I think anyone oh, yeah. who's been in the Christchurch scene, if they know you, they definitely know your brother as well. Yeah, he's he's still playing. Uh, he's kind of kind of like looking looking to get back into Tekken, but I don't know. It's like he's he's kind of changed priorities. Like, yeah. I think um, he plays Soul Calibur a bit, which is. I don't know, but I think he. I think he's finding it frustrating at the moment. It's like the internet sucks. His internet is rubbish. It's like it's like fucking. You know, he showed me a screenshot of a speed test, and he was at like twenty download, four upload, or some oh, shit. Sh- oh my god, that's you so know, bad. And he's yeah. like, and he's like, this is this is just this is standard in Australia. He might he might have better internet now, but mm. but yeah. So that. that Especially, especially with with what's going on at the moment, it's just killed with those. Yeah, and so, you know, yeah. So he's he's running into a lot of lag. He hates it. You know, it's frustrating him. But you know, yeah. Hopefully, he can come back and play something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, with you, you've always been a straight shooter with Tekken. From your journey, from your beginnings to Tekken Seven. Did you ever commit to other games at that same level? Um, not really. Not really. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny. It's like, you know, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even really call myself a gamer, to be honest. It's yeah. like I, I stuff. I think I, I think I played a little bit, played a few other things, but. Tekken was always always the the, the game. Yeah. 
Well, I, I mean, and you've been tipped yeah. Soul Calibur and Street Fighter a little bit. Yes, that's true, but definitely not to the same level. Yeah. And it's and it's like the thing. The thing is, is every time I make progress with with those, I feel like I just get bored and just go back to Tekken. You know, somebody will message me online and be like, "Want to run some sets?" I'll be like, "Yeah, fuck yeah." <laughs> yeah well one of the main reasons i wanted to get you on is because um you know not just your Tekken experience but your work background as well um it's quite yeah, yeah. it's quite it's quite rare could you tell us what you do well it, i i work as a um as a focus pilot or a first first ac in the film industry mm. so how so like so i guess I guess the best the best way to describe that is like I've 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 been in the film industry for about um oof, when did I finish Unitech? So I went and studied. There was the it's it's kind of like I was in Christchurch for until about two thousand and six. I think I moved to moved to Auckland in two thousand six. I just yeah. was like in a relationship I wasn't really happy in and I was like, um, you know what, fuck it. I'm I was gonna study at Canterbury and then um this whole thing was falling apart and I was like, you know what? Actually the program there looks really good. It's like a lot more practical and um, you know, Auckland would be really cool. And so yeah, so I decided to move. I just like drove up and uh <laughs> yeah. Drove up, had like was like messaging people, trying to confirm flats to look at, and um, yeah, then I got into Unitech like just a couple of weeks later. Yeah, I think you were actually. <laughs> I think you were two. No, no. I, honestly, I think you were actually two years above me because I remember seeing you around the campus, but I never caught yeah, you at any yeah. classes. Um, but I mean, here's an example picture of I guess what your role is. So, you you are kind of there with the camera. Um, well, it's a little bit. That, that's kind of a. I know I sent you the article, but that's kind of a funny it, picture. To it's choose a funny because picture. It, it, yeah. it actually works a little bit differently. So, that's what what the guy in the blue shirt is essentially doing. Is he see that that white circle? That, yeah. That's a that's a wheel which is attached to a cog, which engages with teeth on the lens. So all the like cinema lenses are sort of different to stills lenses in a lot of ways. Can't go into it too much because it's like exhaustive. But um, so what he's doing is he's basically setting the lens and, and changing the focus. So as as an actor will walk in, you know you'll you'll change the focus from. You know where they where they come in the doorway at 15 feet and then they walk up to camera you know at four feet it's like you're kind of you're matching their you're matching their pace with with a like pretty pretty slim margin for error yeah you know often oftentimes it's like six inches or less you know so you've got to be pretty on and then you you know and then you might they might come walk into the close-up and then somebody else will come in the door they'll turn their head and throw back, you know, and it's like, it's all of that stuff you kind of, you'll, you'll notice it a lot more when you watch a movie now. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah. really, like, really subtle and kind of taken for granted. Yeah. But so what, what, 
the, the what's different to what I do in terms of what the guy in the blue shirt is doing. So I don't know what that but um so so i would do it by remote so i would have um a remote unit which connects to a physical motor which engages with the lens the teeth on the lens and then i would have a monitor which has the image that the camera is seeing and then i would use tools on the monitor to um check the sharpness essentially yeah, and then so I would do kind of that combined with taking measurements. I've got a little laser disto. I go through and just like measure out whatever the whatever the shot is. You know, you can get extremely complicated ones. You know, you might be on Steadicam, and the shot might start you know down down here on the computer and then pull back. You know, and then somebody might come in the door and and then you know some somebody might yeah like anything can happen and every shot's pretty different yeah so yeah so i'll be i'll be controlling the lens via remote and um just kind of shifting the focus in time with what's happening yeah sure and i've seen um other pictures where um the focus puller will mark on the actual knob you know if it's a one-person shot if it's a two-person shot though i like just kind of marking it so they know where they're gonna you know well shift. probably not probably not a one-person shot or a two-person shot but but like that would be, especially especially if you have to do something tricky. You would just you would just make marks. You'd go, okay, so I have for this shot, I have to go to here, and then I have to go to here, and I have to go to here. So it might be like, I have to fucking this guy's walking in, so I have to go from eighteen feet into four foot six, and then. They turn around, somebody else is there. I've got to pull. This is like, I gave the same example, but this is a really common shot, you know. They turn around and then it becomes an over the shoulder of that guy. So you pull back to seven foot. Yep. You know what I mean? And then that person leaves, you follow them out, you know, so it might be seven foot back to back to your fifteen out the door. And um and then the you know, the person in the foreground might get a phone call. And then so you got to pull back to them and the camera will push in, you know, so you go from, from your seven foot mark back to 15, back to four foot six. Yeah. And then you push in into like, you know, this big close up of this dude taking a phone call, you know, so it's, it's like, that's, that's kind of the way it works. Yeah, I guess. Okay. But I mean, like on top of that, that's, that's what I'm doing when the camera's wrong. But yeah. when I'm not, when I'm not, there's a lot of, there's a lot of kind of stuff regard like I'm kind of the the head of department, so I've got to like look after a lot of logistics in terms of oh we you know we need to do um we're shooting at the beach tomorrow, so we're gonna need extra vehicles, we're gonna need this, we're gonna need you know we we've got to get an extra person on or we've got extra camera coming in, or we've got like um fucking. I don't know, like these special lenses for a dream sequence or dream sequence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. You know, like all of this it's it's just a lot of a lot of kind of like prep and management, understanding like the massive amount of gear there is. Yeah. There's like so much stuff. 
yeah i think i think watching uh as a viewer we forget that there are a lot of people behind the camera that were behind the scenes you know there's all the roles the director the assistant director the production assistant all those people like this yeah this um did this start off as like a like a hobby or a passion or were you always wanting to get into working in film and tv um well i'm a pretty big movie buff i've i've seen seen pretty much everything and then i kind of and then um i was really interested in photography and i did i did photography in high school um i still you know i still take still and stuff every so often but um yeah so it it, it kind of especially when i when i moved to auckland i went to unitech i think going through that the focus really shifted from being trying to be a creative to trying to be like a really good technician yeah and um yeah i mean that's that that was sort of the that was sort of the um a little bit of the defining moment of it it was just like getting my first job and seeing how these how these people worked and the fact that you you're just kind of you're involved you know it's, at least when you first start out it's like you're, you're just fucking putting batteries on charge and making sure everything's in the right place at the right time and grabbing stuff for the focus puller or for the second ac yeah. or for you know all of that stuff um i think i think once i had gotten into it you know that this sort of job became a lot more like aspirational yes you know, yeah that's that's what i want to do. definitely and it's quite it's quite the it's and it is quite the job i must say um unitech if I, you know if i remember um in the film production like area if you had like a new year like a first year class they they kind of get you to learn a little bit of everything a little bit of directing a little bit of screenwriting and sure. then at the end of the first year if i remember they that's when they specify you to a role and then your remainder years that's what you'll be doing so in that right. like do you feel that still like is that still the current system or is that the system that still um is employed by like film schools and stuff i don't know what they do now i think i think unitech took a really big hit because they with you know there was that big controversy where they went to debt quite oh, massively yeah and, um well, I don't know if it's a controversy, but it was just like they were massively in debt, so they were laying people off, downsizing, you know, various programs and things. Yeah, the course became a little less practical. Um, the, yeah. the unification between actors, dancers, and the production team, like it just there's, there weren't so many assignments that they would they would do together. Um, what I heard. I think, I think even even transitioning um, from my year to yours. It was like because we are, we we specialized earlier, like we we did um, a little bit of everything, but it, when I say everything, I mean um, uh, just the technical stuff. That's what I wanted. To, I was doing screen arts, so yeah. I didn't do any acting or any writing or any of that stuff. We did a bunch of kind of waffly like creative exercises. Yeah, and. Um, yeah it was, so so i was doing i was doing camera from like three months into it pretty much instead of year two 
Okay. Yeah, which was which was good. But you know, I gotta say, um, after finishing that, it was just like fucking night and day compared to you know, even though that even though it was a practical course, like doing that and then getting out there and working, it was like fucking night and day, man. Yeah. Like you know, I I regretted the whole thing. I was just like, man, this is like you know, this didn't prepare me at all. Yeah, yeah. I think and, and I think, to be honest, it's only gotten, it's only gotten worse. I, I think, you know, there are so many people now that I work with that have just gotten into it just through, you know, a connection, you know, whether it's a parent oftentimes, yeah. and they've just started, started young as an apprentice, and just kind of been in there and around it and just sort of learn to understand things and, and all of that. And it's like, you know, these people are way better off because they're just like, they're starting young and just getting on the job experience. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But there's a sense of networking, I suppose too, because like I could definitely say on the performing side of things, like whether you're an actor or a dancer, you know, once you go through that course, you're kind of left in that position of, okay, like, like I've got the tools to work, but then it's lacking those mm-hmm. connections, which if we were smart, we would have started building on those way earlier in our studying, you know? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And as you're saying, working night and day, like you're either, you're either left standing on the side of the road or you literally have work like planned for when you leave. And then as you said, it's just, it's, it's just all go. Well, I didn't have, let's see. Going into how how I got started, because it was it was really just I don't know I were a lot of it's luck right a lot of it's just being right place right time and right I've hook. had lots, yeah. of, lots yeah. of instances where I've just been lucky I've gotten really cool jobs I've also you know I've also passed on really cool jobs too because I was just you know wasn't available or I could have worked on Ghost in the Shell oh yes wasn't yeah. available. Yeah. I could have worked on Avatar, wasn't available. Actually, like, yeah, like you've got, yeah, those two that you mentioned, but, you know, we've also got other um, media to our name, like Power Rangers, and we've done Lord of the Rings. We've done, you know, we we actually have, like, some credible um, films and TV stuff. Yeah, yeah, they make make shitloads of stuff here. And actually, they make make a lot of really high-end ads here. Like, there's... I think I went through a I went through a period where in 2013. So I so anyway going 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 back in time for a second. I um I started out my first job was um <laughs> Power Rangers. Yeah, I have I've worked like a couple of days on Power Rangers. It's pretty funny, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, it's very fast. They shoot shoot everything very fast. Do everything very fast. Yeah, they just have a yeah, massive, amount of, massive amount of content to get through. But at the same time, it's like all of that stuff. Like it's complicated. All of that stuff is like, you know, that guy's suit. That's a shitload of work. Mm. And it and it's like it, it's always cooler in person. You see that shit. You see the sets. You see those. You know the the especially the villains. Yeah. 
But yeah, now tell us, yeah, what some of the, yeah, what, what, um, yeah, what are some of the things that um, have been brought to your to your table and and stuff? Um, well, so so when I when I first started, I I worked on a feature film. This was I th I think either while I was still at Unitech or when I was like just about to finish. And so um, there was a it was an indie feature called The Insatiable Moon. It's still out around there somewhere, but it was like. It was basically like it was a real low budget, but it was a professional professional outfit. You know, it was a, a whole bunch of freelancers just kind of doing a doing a favor and getting this film made. And so I worked on that doing lighting. I was a lighting assistant. And um and it was fucking hard work, man. The lighting guys the lighting guy's job is just like really physically hard and it's really kind of like it's tricky for like, you know, someone that's new to it. And, um, I think, so after that, I was like, oh, fuck, you know, I don't really want to do lighting anymore. Um, you know, I, I, I want to do, I want to do camera stuff. And so anyway, like I just got a call about, um, someone I knew needed a, needed camera training for a day, you know, that on, um, go girls. Yeah. You remember that? Show? Yeah. yeah, it was like Go Girls. Maybe the first or second season, it was like ages ago. Mm. So I went and did that and, you know, just like met some people. I met the, the focus puller at the time. And um, and so I did my day. I did my day. I got out of there. got paid, you know, an okay rate <laughs> for, for the time. And, um, yeah, and then so I, and then I didn't really do anything. I just kind of like... I think I was, I was probably still, I think I was still working at time zone. Oh, and, then, yeah. um, and then, so, and then I had another, and then I had, they were like, Oh, there's another day. Cause this was like end of 2009, probably. And then they had another day, like, um, in January. And they're like, you want to come back and do that one as well? And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Sweet ass. Oh, the Lord of the Rings. I know, <laughs> I know so many people that worked on the original Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. A lot of lot of people, a lot of people I've worked with did rings. A lot of people working on the the new Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but I can't I can't say too much about that. No, yeah, the, un, the untitled Amazon project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so so yeah, and then and then I got basically. The real, the real turning point wasn't that first day on Go Girls that sort of paid off later, but the real turning point was they sent out an email at Unitech. They were like, hey, we need um, this movie is shooting for a couple of days at Unitech. We need some people to come in and be like luggers and fucking, you know, just help out basically. It's yeah. free work experience. And, um, and like, I think I was the only one that got back to them at that time. And then the guy, the guy ended up going, the focus puller at the time ended up going, um, Hey shit, we, you know, you're interested in, I think you had to specify whether you're interested in camera or lighting. And so he was like, you're interested in camera. Fuck. We need a trainee for the whole job. You know, like, would you be interested in doing it? And I was like, Oh man. Yep. <laughs> So, you know, flash, flash call, snap call, I should say. 
And I was like, yep, hell yeah. And so, um, so yeah, I got a job on this movie pretty much straight out of school just because I was in the right place, right time. <laughs> the, I mean, Unitech always had that thing about not taking jobs while you're studying, at least from the acting and performing art side of it. Um, yeah, yeah. But it sounds like, I mean, did, did they encourage? Yeah. It's, it was, yeah, they ran things very, very, very uh, funny back then. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, um, I think with the screen arts, at least, we had an assignment where we would do an internship. And yeah. so you would go and seek out an internship. Um, and you, oh no, you had, an, you had an option. You would do an internship or you would do a um, kind of collaborative project. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Hey, just a second, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> no, 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 you're all right, man. You're all right. I've been drinking so much water during this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. So anyway, I, I didn't do the internship was the point of that story. I, um, I ended up doing this collaborative project with some of the dance students, which was ended up being really cool. You know, they were, they were awesome to work with and we got to do some really creative stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't think any, I don't think anybody in my year did the inter- internship, my class anyway. So it just seemed it just seemed like way more appealing to make something, you know. Yeah, yeah. Use the resources and make something. What's um? What would you say was the best thing you made uh, while studying at Unitech? Nothing. It was all it was all rubbish. Man, I didn't think you were going to be that upfront. <laughs> no, nah, it, it was honestly. Yeah, man, it was rubbish, eh? I didn't think, yeah, I don't know. I had little bits and pieces of stuff that I was semi-happy with, but but like, I don't know, just like, I don't think, I don't think the, um, I don't know. We didn't, we didn't I, I didn't feel like we had amazing scripts. Yeah. Like we, we had maybe, a couple of talented writers, but I think that they sort of got stifled quite a bit too. You know, they had their own, they had their own issues with, with the place. And, and um, so I don't think they, they did their best work either. Or they, they, you know, they were kind of confused. Like, I think everyone was kind of confused about what, what they were trying to get out of it. And so rather than, rather than writing and making stuff that felt really, um interesting or you know like like personal a lot of people just would just try to make like shitty genre films you know and they and they knew they were writing shitty genre films they were just trying trying to i don't know get get sort of a foothold and get noticed yeah doing genre. i don't know who i don't know whose fucking idea that was and stuff but <laughs> yeah but, but yeah I don't, know, I don't know what about your year do you have stuff that you were pretty happy with? Uh, from I mean, it's funny because like, like maybe not so much in the senior year, but definitely in the first and second year. But I think that was because we had more room to um, 
like that was kind of the period where we're like finding ourselves and finding our place in our class and in the performing arts world it just seemed like a lot more adventurous compared to the final year where everything just kind of felt like oh you are where you're supposed to be just yeah work right, with right. what you know work with what you are um yeah yeah but yeah. i mean it's like anything like the first year it's like the whole world is butterflies and ice creams you know yeah it's yeah. like building you I up think, you know building you up for that first year yeah i think too in our in our final year at least we were just inundated with shit to do like we had we had so much shit to do so nothing was like new we, we couldn't we couldn't produce quality product products at all you know because we just had fucking these you know assignments that were I don't know. They were just trying to do too much. You yeah, know, we had to do. We had to do this. Like I had to write a fucking three thousand word essay at the same. You know, in the same three week period that I was shooting my end of year like graduation film. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's like I don't have time to do anything. Right. We're having. I'm going on like fucking location scouts and. You know, trying to trying to make this film good. You know, talking with the director and talking with like all these people, mm. and you know, and we've got like this fucking essay, and then we've got this this like weird, you know, this collaborative project, which is like um this re- this real kind of creative thing, but just still like so vague. You know, it was just really hard to find. Um, I guess, yeah, I don't know. Hard no, to I, find yeah, real no. good direction. Yeah, same. I agree. Um, I also felt like um, maybe they could have included um, more projects to work with you guys and the dancers, but also having the actual year to plan for the for the grad film rather than the last three months. Like, to me, that just seems a bit rushed. Well, I think that kind of thing was what was fucked for the for the creatives you know for the for the writers and directors that made it that made it really tough i think i think that um subsequent years had some had some you know decent grad films yeah but yeah i don't know i don't know man it, it was really funny like i'm i'm uh a little bit no i don't know i mean i'm not dark on the place because I, I did get i did get stuff out of it and there's there's that kind of value that like unquantifiable value that you know obviously i am where i am now you know so it must have helped yeah. you know if if nothing else to just sort of give me some kind of determination to keep going with it yeah no i um, yeah i felt the same man but yeah like I remember going to the um, the grad show for the design and architecture, and they they do they do a masters, so they they go four or five years, and um and the shit they produced was fucking incredible. It was really 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 good, you know. I think I think that their program was obviously has a lot more entrance, but yep. is also a lot a lot more cutthroat, and um. It's like you just can't you can't make shit and get away with it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, it's like every year your head's on the chopping block. It'd be no different if you were studying law. You know, um, 
like yeah, yeah. I made this little compilation of your of the projects that you've been a part of. What's your opinions on? This is the very first movie I worked on. Yeah, I've tried, like, I've tried to put it in a timeline, but um, yeah. <laughs> that was that was like um fucking yeah. That was the very first movie I worked on. Josh Thompson, Matt Whelan, legendary Matt Whelan. I went to high school with that guy. How would you comment on the the level of um, media, like New Zealand film and TV, um, to, like a, as a whole? Locally, yeah, like local local content. I remember this fencing scene. <laughs> it's funny. This I is... see these locations, and I'm like, I know exactly where they are. Museum. Mm. It's a studio. Um. Yeah, man. I don't know. I think I think this is this is a South Pacific Pictures one, and um, so they do. You know, they did Go Girls. They do like, um, like the Broken Wood Mysteries and Nothing Trivial and like Eight Hundred Words. Oh shit! All right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like locally, there's like that, but it's all quite same samey. And then this stuff, Spartacus, this was sick. This yeah. was like this was like crazy rigs. It was it was all studio. So it was just like really VFX heavy. It was just like, man, cheesy as fuck. Eh? I remember yeah. I remember I remember my agent at the time asked me, like, do you look good with a shirt off? And I was like, No, why are you asking? And then they said, Spartacus. <laughs> oh yeah, Spartacus. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Okay. That's a hell of a trailer too. I remember yeah. when that guy got my stabbed out. That was and that stuff. War of Damned. Yeah. Oh, yo. Okay. So this. So this ad, man. This is. This is um. This was like shortly afterwards. So there was like a um, the industry w- went real quiet. Mm. Um, it was partly because the. US dollar was really high and um, we didn't have the same tax incentives. I can explain tax incentives, <laughs> but, but it's like, so, so yeah. So basically, basically there wasn't as much um, in terms of international production going on. Yeah. This is beautiful. Stuff, yeah. Right? Nice shots. The guy, that, the guy that directed this, he's an Australian dude, but he's, he's gone on to do a whole bunch of really cool shit. And so it was actually, it's quite cool to, um, cause he, he, he actually directed Lady Gaga's latest music. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. That's another good one. Yeah. This ad maybe the fucking hardest job I've ever done. Eh? I think, I think a lot of people as well underestimate like the actual work that gets put in ads. They may be like 30 seconds to a minute, yeah. but there's a lot this of is, work that goes into it. This is big budget ad though. The, the lotto, the lotto ads are always like the ones you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're they're um they're always long. They're always real, really difficult. I've done two. I've done this one, and then I did the the armored car one. Yeah, probably. everyone should know that one. <laughs> probably going on soon. But um, yeah. So this was like on a boat at night. A lot. We traveled to Wellington, so all of that stuff, um, all that stuff that you just saw with Granddad and his son, like kicking the ball around, and and him and uh, I think that we did the school bit in Auckland. 
but yeah, that was all down in um, Nawi, which is just out of Wellington and Cape Palliser. Oh shit, Pete's Dragon. Yeah, and this is a big place. one. Yeah, this is this was cool. So I there's there's actually a couple of a couple of bits in the trailer because I went down as a as an additional um, for this big like this big sort of chase sequence at the end. And it was this big, like, oh, this bit, yeah, doing that bus stuff. Oh, one of the bus, oh. And then, um, and then there's like, there's a scene where all these, all these police cars are chasing after, chasing after them, and they had this big crash. And so we, there was like this huge setup to do this crash. I remember that bridge stuff too. <laughs> so, yeah, Robert Redford wasn't there though. Robert Redford, yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, that bit. Fuck, I remember that actually that 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 eighteen wheeler drives through that um that fucking that barn. Oh, this is the I can't I can't go through it more. This is a good. I went to I went to India for nine weeks for this one. one. Yeah, man. Yeah, so this was in India. It's a Kiwi film about um. Uh, an estranged husband and wife or ex ex husband and wife looking for their daughter who who just like didn't come back. Yeah. Chelsea. And dude, I don't know if anything will top this. This was like I don't think I don't I mean I don't think the movie beautiful photos. <laughs> I don't think the movie was um all that amazing. Wait, it was like, shot good. I th- but like the experience of making it was like, fuck, you know, that's once in a lifetime stuff. Yeah, of this uh, this last scene, dude. Driving like we were driving through there, and it was like we had the the camera was in another Ute. Oh, this shit! <laughs> the camera was in another Ute, and it was like they had they had like two hundred of those ponies. Yeah, with all the um. Completely drawing blank, what those guys were called. Just like, yeah. I mean, just you've you've worked on quite a lot of credible stuff, dude. Yeah, and and more and and more that I didn't send you to. Oh. <laughs> this, I don't know. Oh yeah, no this this show this show was funny. This was really fun to work on. Oh, that stuff was was good shit too. And um and this is actually I started folks pulling on this a little bit. It was just like, um, so many effects, so much blood. Yeah. That tank. Watching them trying to fucking, it was funny. I remember like one, they, they had to paint the tank. And so there was just like this big tent at the back of the studio and they were like fucking painting this tank. And, um, and then they had to drive it out. And then reverse it back in to do the scene, and it was just like watching these guys trying to fucking maneuver this tank, maneuver this tank around. That <laughs> was good. Oh man, another lot of ads. This one wasn't. So Everyone bad, should was- know this one. Like that's for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's recent. Yeah, this is this was only a few years ago. I didn't work on the the new one where she goes to Thailand and the fucking. Tickets under a cast. Oh yeah, but, um, yeah. There was somebody. Yeah, this. 
I was I was in the back of that van for like for ages. <laughs> Just like crouched down right behind them. Shit. Yeah. This was yeah, that was a couple of days. We had, we had drone shots and a chopper. Oh, this was good. Yeah, man. now now I was surprised at this one. Um you know, I saw it at the end and I thought, oh shit, okay. Man, you really yeah. go you really get all the jobs, don't you? Yeah, I work. I uh, I've worked on. I've worked on some other stuff as well. I worked on a big um, that I didn't send you. Nah, nah. I worked on, on a big like um, fucking cell phone game thing with um, with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and who else? Some other guy. What Negan himself? Jesus. Negan, yeah, Negan himself was in this fucking far out ad for a phone game. The cool thing. The cool thing about this PlayStation ad though is like. All that stuff was just done for real. Like they just, you know, that was that um, Kerry that, that that's there. She was. We were like driving along the beach with a big truck with basically a scaffolding tower on it, and so she was like hanging off the um, side of this Hang scaff tower with, with with ropes, and you, and we had two cameras, and it was like all positioned sort of oh, what's this oh this is cool this is like this is a little show i worked on like right at the start of the year uh nah start of shit when, when was that even? Nah, this one is, would be last, fairly recent too yeah start of last year this is is curry again but we um this is a cool little web series man i just i did this i'm friends with the um with the dop and so I kind of did this. It was like next to no money. And and the producer, James Watson, you might remember him. Yeah, he do actually. Yeah, so he's he's um he's working as like for for a basically commercial production company. Yeah, um this nice. so yeah, just just like I don't know, I worked on stuff of all sizes, like that that um coulda they just watched it was like real low budget you know they got um uh, they won a competition with that script okay um for a web series and so i think they got they get 100k to make that That's so, so cool. it was like you know which which sounds like shit loads of money but it's not yeah. like if you want to make if you want to make um Content for TV, that would it's go like, fast. Yeah, it's expensive, and so yeah, they they pulled that together, and the end product's really good. This is TVNZ on demand. This is the educators. Another like this is just that's like actors' paradise, man. Oh yo, and this will be your most that's recent like, one to date. Oh no, I've done I've done stuff since then, but um, this show was hard. This was like, that's like Bethel's forest, I think. Um, but it was all, it was all outside. So it was like fucking, you know, we had a big camera truck. We had a lot of, we had a lot of gear. Um, you know, the, the, the DOP was a, the director of photography was like a really sort of big name guy. And, and so it was like, there was a lot going on. And every day it was like 
pull the gear out of the truck and it was like cases and cases and cases and cases of stuff and like put it into a ute or we had no we had two utes like yeah we had two utes um yeah and then just like bump in and work in these really gnarly conditions in the forest on the beach and we're here we're in i think i think we were like four weeks here and then three in queenstown yeah and then they went and did another um, 14 in Prague, which is where their studios were. And then I did, I, they did some stuff with um, some of the castles, some of the architecture there. So we did a lot of, we did the, um, this big battle scene and we did lots of just the kind of kids going through the forest. I don't think, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've tried to watch that show, but it's like, it definitely, <laughs> definitely isn't amazing. Here's a question. Do you find it hard to, like, because you actually see it from, you know, your own eyes, is it quite different watching it as a playback? Like, you know, on your phone or on your, t- on, on your TV? Yeah, yeah, quite different. It's because, um, I don't know, it's like, you. first of all, you always experience the story out of order. So, like, you know, all this stuff will be happening, especially if it's a TV series. Excuse me. Especially if it's a TV series. You'll be like, um, uh, you know, you'll be shoot in the same day. It's like you'll shoot fucking season three. You know, oh, sorry, sorry. You'll shoot like episode three, two scenes, and then you'll shoot like episode one, the first scene. You know, you'll shoot the first scene of episode one and like the you know, the ending scene of another episode. And it's like, it might be all these little bits, you know, the end scene of another episode might be just somebody getting in the car and, and like looking pensive. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then the, and then the opening shot of the, of the show might be something really complicated. Have some big walkthrough with a big crowd and some shit happening. And I don't know. So yeah, do you experience it out of order? And I think when I watch stuff that I've worked on, it's like I always, you know, it's hard to detach myself from the experience of actually making it. You know, so I'm just like, oh yeah, that's that's that thing. Um, but you know, that's that time when the fucking that thing went wrong, or that's that time we had to like do heaps of overtime, or that's that time that whatever. You know, there's always there's always the story behind whatever shot you're saying. Yeah. I mean, you know, even when I watched those little trailers and little snippets of stuff, I couldn't, you know, couldn't help myself. It was just Certain like, takes yeah. come back to your mind. I remember that. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. If it's all right, man, I might bring it back to Tekken. Um, yeah. You know, because yeah, like I said, we, f- I f- we first met when you were working at Time Zone, and to kind of come from that arcade era and then, you know, as we see the growth of consoles and online gaming um yeah were you were you really an online player back then or were you committed to arcades because i just remembered you as being an online being an arcade player um i didn't really play online until tag two like i i had tekken six at home but i didn't play it online because it was supposedly really bad 
Yeah. Like it, it was it was just like almost unplayably bad. Apparently. I think I you know, I tried it like once really late in the in the life cycle, but um but yeah, I know I know a few people played it. Like uh, Connor, NCEA played it a bit online. But um yeah, I just couldn't do it. I, yeah. And the other thing is just like the competition at the arcades was so strong at the time. Like there were a lot of really, really, really strong players. You know, so it was Tekken Six was Tekken Six BR and and six actually was just like yeah, there was you you know you could go into the arcades on any given day and find people to play against. Yeah, and it was you know. Well, the, I think the skill level was a bit more defined. Like the skill level was was a bit more easily defined. I think for arcades, you know, you really knew who was the cream of the crop and where everyone else just kind of sat, like in the middle. Yeah, I think with the arcades too is like I've I've experienced it a few times, but there's nothing like being in the arcade. Oh my god, this match! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely cooks me here. Um, second match this this is fairly close but like there's nothing like going into a like a foreign city and going to an arcade at the time you know yeah. it was just like um who am i going to run into how good are they going to be oh my god that combo drop um the you know it was it was just that was that was super exciting that was the awesome thing about the arcades yeah, um, but yeah, like I my my first taking it way back, my first arcade experience, I got into. Um, I was I was playing like Tekken three at the time, right? And um, I went by chance to a, uh, you know, they do the super session. Uh, people might not know what that is anymore, but it was like two hours free play for ten bucks. Yeah, I remember that. Lead. And it was always like. Always like on a Sunday morning or like real quiet time, and so I went along to that, and they had Tekken Tag, one, like before before it came out on on console because I guess they de- they delayed it so that they could um, bring it out on PS2, and so I was like, you know, they they I think I played against some guys that were just like incredibly good. Jesus um, finally get a low pair. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, and then these guys were like really good. Like they, you know, they were, they weren't, you know, they were the they were the best in Christchurch at the time. And it was this like it was this dude from Singapore and this other guy from Japan and. They were like they were like wave dashing and they were like fucking doing all this stuff. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And and then it turned out that the next weekend, super session time, they were having a tournament. So I was like, man, I'm I'm in there. I'm gonna go along. And so like, yes, I went along. Glenn and I went along. Damn. Um, Glenn and I went along and, and played in this tournament the following week. And so I met I met this one dude that was like he was like the best at the time. And he was a real nice guy and like was showing me stuff. 
And so like I I learned a lot like about how to play Tekken at a high level yeah. quite early on. You know, it, it wasn't like, you know, it kind of went from playing with my mates to playing like the best, you know, the best players at the time. And so I was hooked, you know, so I just started learning the game. I went home like that day and was like fucking around trying to wave dash in um, Tekken 3, you know, and that, and that was still real new tech at the time too. You know, and um, and I was like, "Damn, you know, this is this is the way the game's played." And then so I found, you know, found out lots of stuff and and kind of played played Tekken Tag One actually pretty hard. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. I think oh, Demi. Um, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um well like so, so i guess um yeah so the arcade experience and then standing fierce standing fierce will eventually come into the picture when did you first run into the to the scene yeah that's right i think well you were I part of the rem- scene but when did you run into the standing fierce boys i can't remember i can't remember exactly when it was i know that they had forums at the time and it was called nzism Look at that coconut water, man. That was the yeah. I was actually just thinking, like, uh, that that's coconut water. Okay, it's not normal water. It's coconut water. I'm, I was sure I was going to get laughed at for drinking coconut water, <laughs> but that stuff is the shit. Like, it's like, oh my god, just bleeding and neutral. Like I said, um, yeah. So my. I joined the forums just to see, like, because there wasn't a lot going on. How did I get into it? There wasn't a huge amount going on on the Tekken side Batsu, or I'd kind of gotten sick of that. And so I was like, oh, you know, there's this, like, NZ forum. Yeah, Demi fucks me up this round. <laughs> Boom. Um... Only I had the I should have sent you the video where I fought Rip. Got that somewhere. But it's a hand it's handicam. Yeah, well well yeah, was the yeah, handicam. Um and was this as soon as you got eliminated or was this like before yeah, when did you have that match with Rip? Uh it was in losers. So I so I win this. Spoiler alert. So I win this. He wins this game, but I um I win the set. This was like one of the first matches of, of BAM, actually. I think we were like maybe only second or third on stream. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, so so I joined the forums, joined the, and it was NZism, and then it changed to Standing Fierce. And Tekken Tag 2 had just come out. And I think it was like, you know, I was just trying, I, I had it on Xbox, and I was just trying to get games in and kind of like expand my horizons a little bit. Um, and I went along to, I think it was like, it was like this thing. I was, I was trying to find other tournaments outside the arcade. Uh, yeah, let's go. Um, yeah, it was just like a real tiny tournament and there were like two or three people in it. 
and then there were like a whole bunch of Street Fighter players. Like that was the thing with that with that um, community at the time. It was it was so Street Fighter. Like Street Fighter. That's what. Street yeah. It was eighty percent of the community back then. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. And so it it felt like at the time the Tekken community hadn't really moved on from the arcade into the console. It was just like it was sort of fragmented. Mm. You know, they're like because you know there, there's obviously people playing on um, console, but uh, yeah, it was like someone just like remembering this match. <laughs> um, yeah, there were there were people playing it on console that eventually became really good. You know, like Dan Dan started in Tag Two and Rousey started in Tag Two, and you know, loads of like a lot of the a lot of the really strong players you see now. They're not arcade started, born. Yeah, started in Tag Two. You know, started in console. Yeah. And so yeah, so I was just like you know trying to expand expand my tournament scene a little bit. You know, the Standing Fears guys were real cool. You know. Damn. <laughs> yeah and just and just a side note you know you, you see you know you speak really well and you seem to get along with everyone you know like no one dislikes you neil oh that's nice of you to say that <laughs> i um yeah and so uh, fuck i'm i'm trying to remember i remember going to nats for take and take two i think i went to 2015 and then maybe I think I went to First Blood as well, which was like at the time that was kind of a they ran that in March or something. It was Auckland as well, but there was Tekken Take Two, and um, I won one of them. I can't remember whether it was Nats or First Blood. It wasn't a wasn't like a super stacked bracket, mm. I think. But I think I played NCA and I played. Um, uh, T4 Gen. Oh, yeah. Played T4 Gen. I think. Did I play? Oh, I think Blackout was in there, but I didn't play it. Yeah. And and then which I, I think I think it was that would that would have been First Blood, and then so Nats, I played. Um, who did I? I, think I lost. I lost to Jamie and I lost to Thomas. Oh, it's Evo. All right. Yeah. So what? Jamie would have been using uh, Bob and Nina, and uh, I used like Devil Jin and Steve. De- uh, Devil Jin and just trying to think, like the tag system. Who? Was... Yeah, Devil Jin and Steve. Yeah. But it, but I remember at the time. I remember at the time beating Thomas in that tournament, and then being like real hyped up and then losing to Jamie, like really free. Like I just got completely fucked up. And so it was just, it was a real bummer. I always thought this guy played real weird. He played on hitbox and had really, really good movement. But, um, was, was really, uh, found it like hard to get in on. Yeah. Well, it's Paul, you know. You, you got to be here. Yeah. He was decent, though, because I I just watched this recently as well, and um, yeah, it's it feels different watching it now compared to how I remember it. But yeah, Evo was Evo was experience too. It was a lot of fuck, dumb, but 
lot of a lot of waiting in line. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, since this is an Evo clip, you know, you're talking about tournament experience. You've had Bam. You've had Evo. Um, mm. Were you <laughs> prior to Armageddon? Were you planning on uh, getting any other getting any other overseas tournament experience? Yeah, I was actually going to go to um, Bam and Combo Breaker this year. Um, so, uh, Fergus, Barnaby, myself, and um, Jamie and Jamie and Blackout legit are going to go to to both Bam and Combo Breaker, and we we're all sussing it out. Oh, and Cookie as well. Cookie, yeah, so, yeah. and and probably probably more. But yeah, we just had a group chat going. We were trying to suss it out, and then um, yeah, and then fucking COVID happened, and then I was just like holding out hope that it might subside. And <laughs> you know, I was I remember it being like February, and being like, how bad is this really going to be? How long is it going to take before we're back to normal? Combo break? You know, is the trip still going to be all right? Yeah. I held out. I held out for the longest time, and then I was like. Nah, it's not gonna. <laughs> nah, shit. I mean, yeah. I one of my one of my because even though I've known you for so long, I haven't really been active in the scene. Only prior to when Tekken Seven got released. But one of my good moments, one of my best matches I've seen you play was when you versed Cornova, uh, back at the first war. Um, I think it was using yeah. Dragonoff against you. That was such a good. You played really well, man. I felt like you, yeah, you did really well. He um he ran into a lot of stuff. I think he was quite tilted and nervous. So if I'm if I'm being honest, oh shit, it's wild. <laughs> um, I think yeah, I don't, I don't I I think that in hindsight, that was a probably a bad performance for him. You know, he'll 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 put that down to just being like, you know, just a shitty couple of rounds and um. But for me, and for anybody, for anybody that gets an upset like that at a major, it's massive. Like yeah. that, I was just like, "Fuck," you know. Because I had gone, yeah. I had gone. Um, let's see. We had before war. We did this thing on um, PS4 that um, Danny, that D Silver ran. And it was actually, oh, that was nice. See, I'm just like fucking calming this guy up, but I think he actually kills me. I think he kills me this round somehow. Yeah, probably like that. So being a dick. Um, we did uh, what was called the online league. And so you'd play a, it was a round robin format over like, can't remember if you did it, but it was over like a couple of weeks. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so it was like as long as you played your match every week, you know, then the group would progress and stuff. I never, I never tried it because my Wi-Fi was pretty shit back then. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. Yeah. So any, so anyway, in that, I, I made the finals. They they did two seasons of it. I made the finals both times, and um, and the first one I had to play against Jamie. And I was, and it was first to five. So like I was in, 
losers bracket. Is I in losers bracket already? No, fuck, how did it work? I can't remember. So then you do a league and then you do, um, I think top four or top three. Yeah. And so I had to play, so anyway, I had to play Jamie. Um, no, yeah, I've, I think I was on, yeah, no, I can't remember. But so, so anyway, but it was like first to five and I won. And I was just like, man, I haven't fucking beaten Jamie. In ages, yeah. Hardly ever in tournaments. Like, he's he's always been, like, really, really, really difficult for me to beat. Yeah. And to beat him in tournament in a long set, because I beat him in um, winner's finals, and then he reset the bracket, and then I beat him in grand finals. Or maybe he, yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember exactly how it went down, but it was really close. It was just like, and he was playing law at the time. Yeah. And um, and that was that was a that was a holy shit moment. You know, I'm doing pretty well at this. And then the next season, I had to play. I got to the finals, and I had to play Thomas, and I and I won winners finals, like convincingly. <laughs> Versus he was playing Kazumi and it was like, it was like five, one winners finals. And then um, in grand finals, he completely fucked me up. Like it was just, it was really free. Yeah. Like it was all, you know, it, it would have been like 10, three or something, you know? So he came back, reset the whole thing. Um, yeah and so that was that was big that was big as well and you know so it just just like playing against these guys in long and long sets and going hey actually you know i can get some work done here yeah and then going from that to to war oh my god um going from that to war I was just like, you know, I was feeling okay against Thomas, mm-hmm. you know, and I could tell he, I could tell he was nervous. Like, I remember, th- I remember thinking that as soon as we sat down, that that he was nervous, mm-hmm. and so I think, I think that, I think that he didn't necessarily get outplayed because he's an amazing player, but yeah, I think the nerves got the better of him a little bit. Yeah, I've always yeah. been um, amazed at your growth. Um, you've always been a strong player, but um, you know I definitely say like over the last two seasons of Tekken, um, your Horongs really made, uh, yeah, you've you've made some upsets, um, and it's always cool to watch a Horang player, you know, because like if you could define the skill of a Horang, it's like any like any average player can use Horang, but they're only going to be using like twenty percent of the character's potential. Um, yeah. Because like it's, it's a journey to play that character and learn him for years to finally master someone like that. I think that um, I think that uh, he's he's a really 
I don't know. He's a, he's a difficult character to play. See, here I'm just kind of smothering Royston, but Barnaby, but um, yeah, he's a he's a difficult character to play because you really have to um, you really have to gauge how your opponent will deal with things. Yeah, like and kind of make a lot of quick sort of. Why did I? Yeah, this is it's, it's like watching my own matches is weird. God. Um. Drops it though. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that I thought that this was six zero, but I remember, I remember it being a really fast game. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel like I'm playing the best I ever have. You know, now I'm kind of like I'm thinking about the game differently, and. Um, you know, just kind of playing a lot more characters. Yeah. Too. Playing in a lot more tournaments. You know, it's just kind of like it was a good kill. Well, you just you did mention something previously about bleeding in neutral, and we've had this talk, you know, between us about like playing more aggressively. But with Horang, is that quite difficult to play at that um, intensity? You have to really read your opponent. Oh, weird. I'll take it. Um, yeah, you have to really read your opponent. Um, because some people, some people will respond with more hard reads, and some people will just be really static. And and if you can get a good read on your opponent early, in terms of what what kind of player they are and how how they want to play and you know, or not not even what kind of player they are, but what kind of player they are right in the current moment. You know, are they are they playing slow? Are they try you know, do they have some kind of game plan to try and counter what you're doing? Um, you know, are they gonna play really fast? Are they gonna you know, what are they specifically looking out for? Mm. You know, if they hit someone with a um a health sweep really early or if you hit somebody with a with a launcher you know it's kind of you, you have to i don't know you have to kind of work out what what um what you're up against are there any other quick, sorry. <laughs> no, <it's fine. laughs> like i said i just drank like fucking five minutes of water <laughs> no that's all good man i do that Sorry, what were we saying? No, no. Um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, no, it was about uh, Horong. Are there any Horongs in New Zealand that are getting to your level? Because I, yeah, like, are there any other Horangs kind of in the scene that you take notice of? Dan plays them really well, man. Yeah. Dan plays them really well. And I know he he's always, like... You can tell when he plays them that he really enjoys the character and goes, he goes deep with them. You know, he's not, um, yeah, he's definitely not like, he's put a lot of work into him. And I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think he's seen like some, see, look at how fast I'm playing. <laughs> 
I love saying, I love saying stuff like this. Do you find it quite hard to um, do the mirror match with Horang? Because I guess it's quite particular having so many moves and having so many having the stances um, and the situations that you're in. Well, it's funny. It's funny because like I actually don't have a, a huge amount of experience in the mirror match. You know, of like feeling what it's like to be on the other end of someone who's really good with them. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I, I sort of did, I did a lot of, uh, at least, at least at the time, I think I did a lot of playing against Dan and, um, and also this guy Wildflower. Oh yes, I know the name. Yeah. Yeah, and in Australia. Oh shit! And then um, yeah. I mean, in terms of in terms of like here, there's a guy in Hamilton that I quite like watching play. Oh and, yeah. Blaze. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he's good. Um, Cosmas and Christchurch is good. Cosmas, yep. Um, I don't know if he's playing that much anymore, but but yeah, I don't know. There's 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 like definitely um, definitely people coming up, but I think I think they're sort of in the same boat. It's like they haven't had to play him at a high enough level yet so it's like this geez that round was i never play well like this it's like yeah fearless. and also this it's is like, literally be before old. this is literally it's before lockdown as well it was the month before lockdown oh so really this, this oh, was yeah, when you were this yeah, is when you were on your little, this was in your this was in your hot streak period man you were playing really well i do remember this this was when, yeah, that's right. It's a good match. This would have been a, few, I think it was a, a few weeks before lockdown. Um, yeah. Wowza, Wowza wins this set, I think. Yeah. I think it went down to the final game, like 3 yeah, 2. Wowza, yeah. Wowza wins this set. It's credit to him, man. He can, like, the thing, the thing with, the thing with playing any of those guys at high level is like if you think whatever your game plan is at the start of the set even if it's first two it's going to be different at the end of the set you know and if it's yeah. not you're going to get fucked <laughs> basically oh man offline too <laughs> yeah I know offline yeah you're just in your element man yeah, and that's your staple custom you go for as well. What's that? Your custom. Oh, yeah, I do. yeah, I do go for that. I do go for that, that custom. Yeah, yeah, man. Wowser is like incredibly good. He's he's grown a lot. Both both him and Dan, and and in really different ways too. Yeah, like, I think that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's good to have both of those guys around to to train with a lot. Um, yeah, I should say because we, I was tra playing against Wildflower in the harangue match. Oh, we missed his punch. Still got me though. Um, I was playing against Wildflower and then against Dan a lot. Like me and Dan would run really long sets with harangue. 
and we'd go it would just go even like all the time we'd go even and then he'd have the better of me in tournament like i'd just fucking get so nervous the mirror match on stream yeah and so he i think i think he had the better of me in pretty much every one of the online tournaments we did um but yeah i've played against i've played against lucky box a little bit but yeah. i've always found it like he's he's awesome but just the connection's never been good but yeah he's he's somebody that's he's he's fucking hard out but again because he just whoa yeah i remember this i remember this game that was that would have been a clip <laughs> yeah so with whoring and Tekken seven how do you feel yeah. like how do you feel he caters to the system like um i feel like oh yeah nice i feel like he's good he's i mean he's really massively high damage output um his his rage out's pretty unique in that you know you i don't really use it for um as a traditional rage i just use it as a as a combo ender or to like make people watch it when i kill them yeah <laughs> basically um but yeah i don't know his two rage drives is good you know just there's it, a lot of i don't think either of them are really like super top tier overpowered but they've both got oh fuck, they must have been next up. They've they've both got a lot of utility. Yeah. You know, in their own way, whether it's for um for combos or for pressure or for um you know, the wall game and whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I mean I think he's a good Tekken Seven character. I think he's 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 strong. He's got a few I mean he's definitely got weaknesses. Yeah. I think if more more so he's he's probably I don't know, I think I think the idea of like being a lopsided character applies to him a little bit. Um you know, he's he's just like there's there's some tools that he doesn't really have. Uh and there are some things that make matchups hard for him a yeah. little bit. But I mean, he's got, I mean, the Ford Ford four is, is such a great get in tool, Sparta kick. And then there's backlash, which I know we all kind of jump back and forth complaining about back backlash, backlash. But what are your opinions on that move? Um, I think it's good. I think, I think that you really like, Oh, when's this from? Oh, this is this is my stream. Man, Eliza is sick, dude. Yes. Uh, I think I think it's good. It's it's a massive like it's a massive comeback thing, but it's it's like um Yeah. I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's like about sort of as strong as it should be. Yeah. Um yeah. I I think that I think that you have to 
you have to you know when you hit when you hit somebody with it most of the time it's just like an honest <laughs> it's an honest guess you know it's sorry it's an honest read yeah honest guess oh um yeah i don't know the damage the damage is massive but it's like you i think a lot of people just try and punish it wrong like you um you know you can't it's it has really quick recovery on with that's one of the trademarks of the move yeah if it's a high yeah quick recovery um yeah and so that so there are a lot of, there are a lot of people that can't punish it from crouch like oh dropped it um yeah there are a lot of people that can't punish it like or launch it i should say like harangue harang being one of them you can't you can't launch backlash in the mirrors it's just um oh uh yeah, I think I don't know. I think I think it's fine. I think it's I think it's good the way it is. So the new, I, I so, don't think there's any. I I don't think it's like something like Yoshimitsu's Flash or or that. I don't think there's any particular matchup where it gives them a distinct adva- advantage. Yeah. I think there are characters that are more susceptible to it potentially. Like I think um, you know someone like Brian. Is definitely susceptible to the to the backlash a little bit when you have to, um, you know, when you're using moves like three plus four or you know even even down forward two three to get yep. in, um, or back one especially, you know, people like Dragonoff getting the getting the read on the um, on the running two is always really satisfying. Yeah, but it's like you know, of course they they can blow they can blow that up. Both those characters can launch it. Mm. So um. Yeah, others tonight. Oh, I don't, man. I I was like, said to myself, why the fuck did I push a button there? <laughs> so the previous season with Roaring, did you get two new moves? You got down forward one three, and then you got the yes. the wall rising launcher kick, um, or the variation. Um, what would you want for Horang in season four? The wall, which which wall rising launcher kick? Um. I don't know the notation, but I think it's up back. You know, like if you block oh, something. That was, was in from the start. Oh, okay, cool. So it was just down forward yeah. one three. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, down forward one three. Um, and then he got he got that, which I just did there, which is the guaranteed back turn four. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of bullshit. Like that's, I, I feel like that is accidentally in the game. <laughs> Well, I don't know. It's, it it just feels like the stuff stuff like that. It's a little bit of a um, little bit of a gatekeeping tool, you know, because it just really um, it'll really like cash in on players where either you have a really bad connection with, or yeah. just aren't, aren't breaking throw as well. Mm. The fate played really well. Yeah, I think. It's got a was, um, yeah unique Lars, but yeah, what would you want for Horang in season four? Um, so he's getting that new hot kit, right? 
Oh, from, from yeah. yeah. Have you seen that? Apparently, from, yeah. Apparently, from his right flamingo stance. Yeah. So that's so that's a bit of a hole in his game, right? So, um, sorry, I've got to stop watching that match, otherwise I'll get too distracted. <laughs> uh, I don't think it needed to be another launcher. I think it's. I mean, I think it's going to be good. I. He needed he needed a um, mid hitting low crush from rifle force. Like there are a lot of situations where he is complete, like almost completely neutralized by a um, uh, like a downfall, generic downfall. Yeah, and that's like after the parabellum kicks and after. Um, down at three, I believe. I'm uh, sorry, down at four. Down at four forward. Um, so you're you're completely stuffed. Like you just if they block the if they block the parabellum kicks, which is the the um, counter hit launcher, um, then you could just generic down four, and there's nothing he could do. He could um, he could do his flamingo switch kick, step kick, and um, which would basically is a high but low crushes, so you could both whiff and then sort of reset the situation because that move recovers really fast. Yeah, but that's I don't know that's awkward. So it's kind of you know it's kind of good to like call out um, the generic down four or like have another option against dick jabs. It's a bit more of a hard read, but I just don't. I just don't know if it needed to be a launcher. <laughs> yeah. I think I think he's just got like he's got so many yeah. He's got like what how many? Like five, six launchers <laughs> from his two flamingo stances. Damn. A lot, yeah. So anyway, it's it's a lot. Mm. Um what if if I could have if I could have made a change I would have liked to see um, his up forward three plus four get a little bit more utility. But you know, so yeah, the, okay. you know, his fourteen it's his fourteen frame punish and the combo, the combo, yeah, the combo carry, yeah. Um, so maybe just a tiny bit more damage. I don't know because it's like at the mo- at the moment, I think it's either it's like thirty one to thirty four damage. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's, or just something, something that you could do that wouldn't affect his combos, maybe just more damage on the last hit, you know, because it's, it's very rare you would do the last hit in a combo or at least in the current meta. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I think, I think that that would be, that would be something, that would be a buff I would ask for. You know, yeah. it's just it's like the moves there, but it's got no utility outside of combos, or like a, a few kind. Of, I don't know. The risk, the risk reward isn't there for me. I've seen Corn Wallace and Zazob, You know, those players put out quick little tech videos, two minutes worth. Would you ever consider doing any kind of content creation, or even growing your streaming? You know, your streaming channel. Nah. Maybe. I mean, not not really. It's like, I, I think that if I found something really cool that was worth sharing, 
you know, I might post it on Twitter or something, but I, I don't, I don't know. I just don't think I've, I don't think I have enough interesting or any interesting tech that hasn't been found already. Aside from, you know, one or two really little things. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, if I, if I did, if I wanted to, if I wanted to make something, I'd, it'd have to be, it'd have to be new or interesting or, or that. So, yeah, I don't know. I like what I like what Cornwallis has done, though. It's yeah, cool. I like it too. Like giving some little Yoshi tips here and there. We needed it. Yeah. We need it still, bro. How many Yoshi players have we got in this country? <laughs> like two, three. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, well, three really strong ones. Yeah. So, like, I because you gave me a list of stuff that I could potentially ask you, and you mentioned mm. something about separate communities. Because it's kind of funny how. Maybe it's oh, yeah. maybe it's like this for other communities, but like the Facebook NZ Tekken has become completely different to what like Discord is. And then you've got like the prominent players who have their own Discord. There are some players that aren't on Twitter, so therefore information isn't being exchanged or swapped. You know, it's it's an interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the reason I the reason I put that on the list is because we had that interesting chat. I think it ran at that time about. Um, Soul Calibur and Discord yep. making it difficult for that game because it's like sometimes, I mean, sometimes people just want to play the game, you know, even and even be good at the game, but don't want to be part of the community. Yeah. You know, and I think I think that in some ways, at least at least with some games, it's like they should be entitled to do that. Yeah. Um, I think the fighting game community is an extremely welcoming, you know, place, diverse place. You know, you it's like you you go to a tournament, you know, you're bound to find somebody that you can vibe with, you know. Um but but yeah, I think I think what I was kind of getting at when we talked about it the other time is that when it comes to particularly smaller games Sometimes you just want to get in there and play some online and not not go onto a Discord or go on to, you know, just have to send someone you don't know a message and ask for games. You know, it's nice just to like, at least for me, yeah, you know, just to just to jump on ranked. And so that's that's why it's like Street Fighter is great. You know, I can get, you know, I'm I'm at like gold rank in Street Fighter, but I can turn it on right now and get games that would probably be really good you know against people of my level and um oh no not this match (laughs) this is the worst (laughs) um but you know like you get that that's that's awesome that's the appeal that's the appeal of street fighter and tekken yeah you know you can you can jump on you can be at green ranks it's like you don't have to join the club i don't have to do any kind of fucking initiation i don't have to like I can just do my thing and, you know, play this game as like, I can develop at my own pace. You know, yeah. I don't have to be out there trying to like, God, that was terrible. <laughs> no, you're um, right. You, you got me thinking about it because we love telling people you don't have to contribute to be a part of it. But then on the other side, people, don't, as you said, people just want to have fun, but not 
be so personal and i think maybe that's why a lot of online warriors are online like because that's that, that that's them being comfortable i think it's important to have online warriors you know i don't think i don't think every single person that i don't think you should have to be in the fgc to play fighting games even you know like i said even though you know even though it's like going to tournaments is amazing and, um and all of that but but yeah, I think that I think that there still has to be has to be room for for people to develop, you know, on on their own steam because that's you know, for a lot of people that's what makes it appealing. So yeah, I, I, it's it's interesting the kind of um, I want to say I want to say like fractured nature of uh, you know, especially like Tekken. You know, it's it's like there are a lot of lot of people playing Tekken. You know, it's like I watched um I watched this PS4 tournament uh last night that, that Oh like, yeah, I know which one. Yeah. Ran it so some dude some dude just did it off his own back, you know, on um on the Facebook group. And I watched that shit and it was like it was like I think Velvet Johnson won it. Yeah. But like um you know, I hadn't heard of any of those guys. You know, that was sick. It's like, um, and that's that's important. It's like you know, but it's 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 interesting to note that like, some of the comments were like, "Oh man, it's about time New Zealand did something for Tekken," or, you know, it's like it's just different different worlds, you know. But yeah, I don't know. It's like I think I think for people getting into games for the first time, it's like not everybody's gonna want to. Why the fuck did I do that? Not everybody's gonna feel like comfortable rocking up to Rambats, you know. Especially if like their first time, everybody knows each other, and and then they you know they go zero and two, or they like it's a bummer, you know. Yeah. I, um, oh, yeah, I, th- I think having room, having room to like develop at your own pace and just kind of go, oh yeah, you know, it's 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 funny, you know, there's a there's a, um, I don't know, I think it's more more prevalent in, like I said, smaller games. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Do you feel um, like we should have more content creators or people starting their own tournaments? Yeah, totally, totally. I think I think more people getting involved is is great, you know. And just that's that's how I started, you know. It's like when playing tournaments with my mates, you know, not just not just like sitting there and mashing buttons together, but like you know, getting five or six people together and playing fucking tournament, you know. Let's let's see who the best is. And, you know, the, like, that gives you the drive to to play the game a bit more and enjoy it. And, you know, I'm the best this week, but maybe, you know, you'll be the best next week. Mm. And it doesn't have, you know, it's like it doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be a club necessarily. It can be yeah. just you and your mate. But, but yeah, I think, the, I think that that's important. Do you have any favorite um, content creators or um, players in the scene? 
Mm. You know, I um, I actually really like uh, uh, in New Zealand. I like you know I like watching Dan and Wowser, you know, and and, and Zimbolic, Two by Yoshi. They're all they're all entertaining. Alchemist is like I think one of the best. I can. Poof. Yeah. That guy's one of the best Tekken streamers in the world by a lot. Like he's um, he's not only like just really funny and entertaining, but that yeah, he's he's awesome to watch. You know, he knows so much about the game. And can keep track of um, can keep track of the chat while he's playing like like no one else can. You know he'll he'll be like in a really intense match and just being like, oh hey, what's up? Oh thanks for the thing. Oh yeah, and, and you know just answering answering questions and interacting with the chat even while he's having like really really intense matches. You know, so he's like um, he's got he's got to be one of the best in the world. I don't know, for me at least. Yeah. Um, I like watching Joey Fury. I think yeah. I think he's a good man. He's a really strong player and he's and he's really entertaining. Um, I like watching King J. The the streams that King J would do. I don't know. I I think um, He's at his best when he's playing with his mates when he, when they would run those lobbies. Yeah, and it was like King. I don't know if you've seen it, but yeah, like Joe yeah. and and King J and Dante would just like all get on, get in a lobby, get on the mic together, and just talk shit. And they would shit talk each other mercilessly. They would give each other shit like mercilessly, and just like play these, play, you know, play these really casual games. It's it's not like it's a fucking first to 10 to find out, you know, to show the world who's better out of, you know, him and him and them. It's just like, let's just talk shit and play and, and see what happens. So, yeah, I mean, that's to me, that's, that's way more entertaining to watch. Um, Arslan Ash is a great streamer. I've watched Arslan stream, stream a couple of times. Um, Anakin's a great streamer. Anakin's really entertaining. Uh, who else? Oh, I was watching this. I was watching this guy the other day, actually called Flophouse King. He's from from New York, and he's funny, man. It's like he's he's not an amazing player, but like he's always playing good music, and he's just got great banter. Yeah, he's and he's playing on he's playing on Hitbox and just like. He's kind of just like still learning the game, but I think a lot a lot of people go in there and just kind of like hang out and talk shit. So I think it's a good place to be. So I'm I'm getting near the end, man. But um, in terms of the FGC, uh, what what does the FGC mean to you in uh in in relation to esports and where you know competitive gaming is going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because of the situation now is completely, completely just spoiling everything, you know, cause we can't play offline. None of the, I mean, you know, say what you will about 
um, rollback netcode and everything, but I don't think that that's a magic bullet. You know, yeah. it's like <laughs> I think I think that we're still always going to have like fucking problems with just like crappy online tournaments. I don't know. Did you see the thing with um? Did you see the thing with Punk recently? Oh yeah, yeah. How mashing uh, actually causes input delay, and it's been proven oh, multiple times. Yeah, maybe. I think I think that that's a little bit of a conspiracy theory. But, yeah. Well, um, that, that it causes um, de- imp- uh, delays, uh, lag spikes, and shit. Like when you're mashing like all three punches as you're getting knocked down. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. okay, yeah. Pose is a good argument, but it's like it's online. Can't you just like come on, really? Like COVID's happening. Can you just you know? I I um I can empathise with him quite I, a bit. I, I mean, I do, but just like I think he even went after Alex Faye privately. In, yeah, in no, this, no, that's no, why I'm like, he, come on, bro. He, he shit, but it's just like he he got you know the stakes are so high for him, you know, for any of those guys, the stakes are so high, you know. Just I don't know if you saw. Did you see the Japanese one? Yep. Um, yeah, the Japanese CPT. I can't remember. They they showed a clip of like someone's reaction. Maybe maybe it was Fudo, Fudo's reaction when he lost from his stream, and it was just he was fucking shattered, man. Yeah, man. like it. You know, it's, it's not funny. Think, yeah. if, if you think that losing, um, you know, if you think that losing in a weekly tournament here, you know, a local weekly here sucks it's like imagine what it's like for those guys it's fucking massive pressure yeah but yeah going going back to fgc and esports i think that i think that we're you know we're definitely on an upper upper trajectory a little bit upward trajectory um in terms of in terms of prize money and kind of raising um the profile of um of you know of fighting games themselves i think that like the thing with the i think the thing that's unique about the the fighting game community and people who play fighting games is they're generally um a lot of the strong players are older so i think they're they're like you know the it's it's traditionally a bit different i don't think there are a lot of um you know, players players older than their mid twenties and a lot of mainstream esports and you know, CSGO and yeah. League of Legends things like that. It's like, you know, people are starting to kind of move on to coaching and and whatnot. But I think with fighting games you're seeing like a lot of really high level players that that are older. So I think it's I think that as a spectator sport or as somebody that is like you know, maybe understands a little bit about gaming, you know, just, just seeing somebody that is their own age, that isn't like a fucking 17 year old kid from Sweden or Korea or, you yeah. know, like, like, you know, you, you know, you're right. Cause you're watching that, like say in a pub, you're like, or whatever, if it's on sky, if it happens to be on sky sport or whatever, and you see some guy and you're like, shit, like he's my age, that could be me. It could easily yeah. be me making that whole idea of esports being more um, uh, 
not relatable, but you you know what I mean though. It's like it's it's not that hard to connect the dots. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think you know seeing. Um, I don't know players players that are relatable. That's that's important. Yeah. Um, I think I don't know. I I don't play mobas. I don't think I ever have since like the first Dota. Um, but like something like Street Fighter is fucking way easier to understand. Yeah. And Tekken's even easier. You know, it's like Tekken Tekken is hard to watch. You know, it's it might be frustrating to play. This season is got frustrating balance issues but it's hard to watch mm. um you know a lot of a, a lot of these tournaments are like kind of really grassroots it's like i don't think like the the cool thing you know what i what i talk about when i talk about um i guess fighting game tournaments you know to people that don't play them is is possibly the coolest thing is that you can you know there's still open entry Evo, Combo Bracket, like the biggest tournaments in the world, are just, you know, you can go along and you'll end up playing, you know, anybody, you know, from, from the world number one to... And when when you compare it to, um, you know, like a career as a tennis player, for instance, you know, it's like you have to, you have to fucking work your ass off to, to get you know, to get on the pro circuit, and then you know you've got to. It's, how many people? How many people into Wimbledon? One hundred twenty-eight, maybe. Yeah. Sixty-four. I can't remember. Big number. But you know, like a ten, like a tennis major. You know, it's like, um, they don't have they don't have anything that's that's open entry like that. And, and traditional sports and i think i think that that alone is is appealing you know if you want to if you're so you know if you're a sports person that is um you know you're getting older and you, it's like you're still hella competitive but you know you can't keep up with the tw- you know the 21 year olds on the rugby team or the whatever whatever you're playing you know it's like stuff like this is great, you know. It's the, it's the same for me. It's like I, I don't think I could go back and fight in a tournament, you know, a, a physical martial arts tournament, taekwondo tournament, kung fu tournament. You know, I don't think I'd be getting in the cage. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but when I was twenty-one, I that I would have been thinking about it. You yeah. know, I would have been like, fuck, you know. I'm not, I'm gonna do it. I think I think I did. Over the course of training, I did maybe had maybe forty five fights in tournament. Shit. matches. And um, and it was good. I, I I won a lot of them, but lost a few too. But, yeah. but you know, it's like that's that kind of. I don't I don't think I could ever get back to that level again now where I could be as competitive. Yeah. Mind you, um, my, my uncle in the States is a really, really, really good tennis player. And he just, 
I think last year played in the um, was it the fucking under seventy nationals. Hey, nice. Yeah, so like in the in the US, you know, and did, yeah. and he did really well. So you know, it's like some people can do it. Some people had like, but you know, it's like he's had fucking knee surgery and he's had bad. You know, it's like man, that shit is physically demanding. You yeah, to be so disciplined, like on another level, disciplined to be um, an elite athlete. Yeah. You know, into <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, our scene might not require the the physical contribution, but I mean, there's no physical limitations either. You know, like it's literally in here, some, in, some in here, physical. some some physical, yeah. I but mean, then you you, know, you, you look at like, yeah, and, but yeah, you know, he says he cracks his knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got um, like this Broly legs, like the guy who plays with his mouth and blind warrior Sven who can play not actually seeing goes off the sound cues and stuff like it's you know it's just a testament to what you can achieve yeah um but yeah going back to going back to um the fgc and esports i think that you know all of these things are like really marketable you know it's like um the solo experience you know it's like uh in you know open entry tournaments all that stuff is is awesome for bringing in new players and i think that um yeah i don't know i think i think that if we kind of bounce back from uh from covid and then also from like all this controversy around evo and the these kind of scandals and things then you know it's we'll continue that upper trajectory. Yeah, things are just yeah. on pause for the moment. <laughs> yeah, just just need some time to cleanse. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, man. I will give you the final round questions now, my friend. So, you up to it? Right. Yeah. All right. First one, man. Recommend a foreign film to watch. Um. Let's see. There's a lot. Parasite, for sure. A lot, oh, of yeah. seen, a lot of people have seen that already. Um, there's another Korean film called The Handmaiden. Super good. I don't know where you find that. Uh, that was on Netflix for a long time. But yeah. Okay. That's sweet. Two, two Korean films. Pretty like if, if you're into Korean films, you would have seen them both already. Mm-hmm. But, um, but those are like, Parasite is like, Fucking perfect. Yeah, man. Cool. I think it's really good. Choose another move from Bake that you would add to Horang and why? Uh, his wall standing three cancel. Oh, into Flamingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, that's a good I choice. Think, I, think that, I think that that would be neat and it'd add something a little bit extra to his full crutch game. Okay, nice. Just just a little extra sort of mind game after that down back three. <laughs> What's your favorite album of all time? Uh, that's too hard. <laughs> There's a lot. Um, fuck. You know... Oh. 
that's too hard. You could say something. Um, I've been listening to recently, like a lot. Maybe I, I don't know. It's it's like of all time is too hard. But okay. I have been, I have been listening to um, Frank Ocean a lot. Like maybe when after Blonde came out, and actually before that with Channel Orange, like and and I still. I still listen to that, even though that came out like a few years ago. Yeah. I'm still rocking that every so often. Okay. So they're, they're up there, man. No, yeah, they are, man. Should Wi-Fi players compete in online tournaments? Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not playing in tournament at the moment, so, <laughs> so I probably have a different opinion. I don't know. Just plug in your cable when we have to play our match. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, not really. No, I mean it's it's just too um, it's just bad for everybody else, you know. Yeah. Nah. sweet. What do you think about when you're alone in a car? Uh, what do I think about when I'm not? Hmm. Where I'm going? <laughs> I have like I have like fucking a really bad like natural sense of direction so I really have to if if I'm drive if I'm driving somewhere I really have to like think about um where the where the the, the right turn is where the next turn is and all that stuff yeah. so <laughs> yeah okay boring, as boring as it sounds no. um no, if I if I zone out, man, you know I've done some long drives and I've listened to listened to this podcast and I've listened to um, the Beast Starts. Oh, actually, quick shout out to Abby. Fucking thank God he's yeah. starting it up again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his podcast is great, and so so when I've had, I know um, when I've had, I I think I did a drive to Rotorua or some somewhere for some job, and I've just like put on the podcast, and it was just like fucking time flew by and I was just you know was really engaged no. sweet bro what's been your highlight moment in the NZFGC um, uh, that's really hard too I think maybe um, maybe uh, Highlight moment in the NZFGC. There's a lot. That's why. Yeah. There's a lot. Um, maybe, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's that time I beat Thomas at war. That whole, that first, the first war was really, really good. And I couldn't make it to the second one. Um, no. Okay. Okay. I've got so this, I went to Crush Counter Capital. Was it? Maybe it was. No, it was 2018. Crush Counter Capital 2018. And um, I can't even remember what happened in the tournament. I think, no, I, I think I got seventh or something. Like yeah. I didn't, didn't play that well. But afterwards, we all went to the 
to the after party and it was cool and it just kind of like closed too early and we're like oh what the fuck you know it's a bummer because the tournament ran late and, and all this but then um afterwards there were a bunch of us staying at the hotel the the, the venue yeah and so yeah. i remember having like this just like random assortment of people and doing like a team battle for Tekken with like all of these like street fighter players and like just you know a few te- there were like a few Tekken players and it was just like it was hype it was really really funny and we probably played until about four in the morning and it was just like you know just just people you know because i i didn't re- i didn't really have much to do with with those guys at the at the actual tournament yeah it was cool to play some games play some casuals with with people i didn't know that well and you know oh that's cool man oh, that's sweet awesome. it was just like in one of the hotel rooms <laughs> if you could always fly first class on an airline which one would it be in new zealand man i think i always fly with the New Zealand pretty much apart from up in the US. Ah, sweet. What well, is it? Just the, what, um, is it meals? Is it the comfy seats or just loyalty? I've never, I've never flown first class. Um, well, I guess that's what is it? Business premier. I've flown premium economy. That's like if you, if you if you have to go somewhere and you have to fucking work the next day. Or you have to do shit like the next day. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, if you can afford to upgrade or something, um, you just get more rest. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like a little bit of home. A little it's bit like of home. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You know, flight attendants with the um, New Zealand accent. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> if you're coming home from a long, you know, after being away for a long time. Yeah. Good movies. I don't know. <laughs> Rest or Lord Silver? Rest. Yeah, I figured as much. I love I love I love Eris. I love Lord Silver. But it's gotta be Rest. Yeah. Have you had games with Rest at all? Have you ever um talked to him? Yeah, I played I played Rest at Bam last year. Um We would always bump into each other because we were both smoking. Always bumping each other outside, outside for a cigarette, and so I got I got to know him quite well. I, I've only played a um, short set with him though. Uh, I've played I've played him online a little bit, but yeah, like harangue mirror match offline. I've only played like the first five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's super good. He's he's like he's his kind of play is. You know, when I think about playing fast, that's sort of what I aspire to. Yeah. Oh, nice, man. Name the best amateur and best professional you've worked with in the film and television industry. The best amateur and the best professional? Well, yeah, amateur, obviously, I mean, like, novice, like, if it's, like, day one or if it's, like, they've only been on oh. the job for a couple of months. Yeah. The best, the best professional in terms of anything another cameraman uh, another you know could be the ad or something oh yeah i worked with the guy that shot um all of the batman movies 
loved the Nolan Batman movies. And um, he shot, what else did he do? Inception. Nice. And, um, I don't know. Who else? I worked with a guy that worked on The Shining. There's a, I've, I've worked with a crazy amount of people. The guy, the guy that shot that PlayStation commercial did um, one of the new Star Wars movies and then shot a lot of The Mandalorian. Shit. So, uh, let's see, what else? That, and like, I, like I talked about earlier, that guy that did that... Um, See Folly Ad doing the doing the Lady Gaga music video, but then before that, he he sort of broke out. He directed that video for Sia. Have you seen that with yep. um, Maddie Ziegler and fucking Shia LaBeouf? Yeah, he directed he directed that one. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I've worked with I've worked with a lot of a lot of really flash people. <laughs> Um, the best, the best amateur. Oh man, some of the some of the child actors. That kid in Pete's Dragon was incredibly good. Yeah, yeah, and it, like, and just you know, it's fuck like being an actor is fucking demanding, and doing it when you're that age is like that's. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard. You're well paid for it, but it's just like it's it's a massive commitment, and it's just like, you know, I get to go home at night and just like chill out and play ticket and go to sleep. But you know, these guys are going home and they're just like fucking loon lines. Yeah, and, only you know, two hundred page lines and shit. Yeah. yeah scenes we doing tomorrow. What do I have to do? I'm gonna do this dance. I'm gonna fucking do all this shit. You know. So like. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what was his name? Oaks. Oaks. He had a funny first name. But yeah, I don't know. People, people like that. That's sort of the most impressive. Yeah. Like, it's, it's the young actors that are really good. Yeah. And finally, who is your waifu, Neil? Hmm. In any game or in Tekken? Whatever you like. Oh. I don't know, man. None of the the Tekken... None of the women in Tekken really do it for me. Really? Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) If I'm being being honest. (laughs) I don't know. I think... Oof. Maybe Laura from Street Fighter. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, Brazilian. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mike, who else? Abby from The Last of Us. Last of Us 2. Did you play that shit? Yeah. Yeah, Abby's good. Yeah. I like Abby, bro. She's badass. <laughs> hey, thanks again, Neil, man. Um, do you have any last words or comments? Any shout outs or anything? Um,. I don't know, man. Shout out, shout outs to everybody that's, you know, jumping in for lobbies and helping grind, you know, helping um helping us all get better, helping us all get better at tech. You know, 
Burgess and Barnaby and and um and Shredder and um and Dan and Wowser. You know, everybody that you know, everybody that's just like everyone's that putting in the work. You know, anybody that I message for games and they just go, Yep, sweet, straight away. You know, and yeah, I don't know. It's we've got a good scene. Yeah. Good scene. Sweet man. Thanks for that, bro. No, all good. All good. <laughs>